It's the Heart of a Fighter show. Guys, thank you for joining me. It's me, Johan Francis, flying dolo today. Guys, I want to welcome you into the Heart of a Fighter show. We cover everything having to do with inspiration, perspiration, as we get active outside of the gym these days. If it has to do with what joint angles get strengthened from a nightly routine of 100 push-ups, guys, Google that because we get deeper here. For example, today we're going to talk a little bit about the sleep cycle, how to get back at the most precious nutrient of all, sleep, and my favorite too. But before we get into it, guys, I want to make sure you are doing your part to join the show. Go ahead, give me four stars. Even better, give me five. When you give me five stars, I'm going to go ahead and invite you into the crew at CoachJohanCSCS.com. Go to HeartOfAFighter.com. Join the show. And, you know, from a usually we get pretty, you know, deep and we oftentimes get complex on this show, right? I will ask deep questions of you guys to be a little bit more introspective because it keeps us engaged in what we're doing, how we're eating, how we're living. Those require us to ask open ended questions. But I wanted to keep it a little bit more simple and get back to basics today, right? It's that thing that we do every single day it's sleep. And the reason I wanted to talk about sleep because I was uh, motivated by an article that I saw in the New York Times. And for someone who's deep into fitness and in nutrition, it was an easy lead-in for me. It was, how does food affect your sleep? And you expect to hear all the quotidian kind of platitudes about the meaning of carbohydrates and white flour and gluten and how they negatively impact insulin growth factor inside your body and all of these kind of pseudo-high-brained ideals, right? Essentially leading us to the reductionist thesis that, hey, if you eat like shit, you sleep like shit. Right, but truly, I wanted to pick this one up just because what are we saying in 2020 is the reason that we get poor sleep? Like, what is our what is the through line from eating and sleep? And this article broke it down. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna leave the article on hardofafighter.com and on Podbean, and you guys can check it out for yourself. A lot of conclusions came about right and one of the first things that this guy talks about is like if you eat saturated fats if you have a fattier diet if you're having your your protein studies have found that your sleeping's just a little bit rough right whereas if you eat full carbohydrates before you go to sleep right because uh it's going to assist with the metabolism of tryptophan right we all remember watching uh, certain TV shows where tryptophan was, hey, all that turkey you take in, all that red wine you drink, well, more of the turkey, you get your tryptophan, and that's going to, you know, break down into melatonin, and, you know, that helps us go to bed. So we're good, right? I got my melatonin hit. I got my tryptophan fix. I'm good. I'm going to knock out tonight, of course. The way melatonin works, it has to be if it's taken exogenously as a pill, right? You have to, your brain has to perceive it to be sleeping time, right? For you to knock out. Okay. So I'm reading it and I'm like, hey, well, this is a little bit interesting. We found some new things about sleep. We found that, hey, carbohydrates are actually more involved in the 
steps in the process of sleep. But of course, we, of course, I run up on the part of it that says if you eat flour and, and white sugar, of course, we have to demonize those things, right? If we're eating those two uh, types of sugar, simple sugars, our sleep is going to be crappy. So what? what's the through line? I have to implore upon you guys that sleep is probably the most important thing you can do on your daily. And it isn't just me telling you this now. This is me telling this to somebody probably once a week. There's so many times in my own life where I've lost hours of sleep, like when I started my business, for example, the amount of sleep I lost made me feel like constantly, chronically depressed, right? And I've been in a space with folks who suffer chronic depression. So, you know, I'm not going to be the one to elicit recreational anxiety or recreational depression knowing that this is an actual, you know, prognosis for people and it destroys their life no 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 but adjacent to that was me like going to bed when it was super super dark and waking up but it's still super super dark and the toll that that took on my life was heavy i felt like i was like aging rapidly you know what i mean i remember for me I was going through a lot of business building and I was training a lot and myself, I was training myself a lot. I mean, running hills, doing the bike competition. I had some friends have some tragic things happen with them. So I was, um, I was, you know, there for that. We were doing all of these things. You know, I had a lifestyle that. I could not end my day at 8.30. I had to end it real late, 11 sometimes. The dog passed away, right? The dog died, and I had to stay up all night for that. People were coming in at 4 or 5. I had to train these people. It was a confluence of things, man, that caused me to lose my sleep. And I'm like, yo, this ain't it. This is about as bad as it can get. I never felt more unhealthy in my life without I guess, like smoking a gang of cigarettes, etc. <laughs> or, and the lifestyle that's adjacent to that. Let me just say, like, cigarettes are fine, but I mean, the lifestyle that comes with that type of. Ha- well, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is never did I feel so unhappy. And so I started to make these linkages between sleep and your food, you know, and I noticed. As I do with a lot of my trainees, like I get to view your lives from this, not so much vantage point, but with like a fly on the wall, right? I get to see and call out the parts of it that you guys don't really notice. And what I was noticing was people who were sleeping like crap. Oftentimes when they were awake, they were reinforcing the whole lugubrious, lethargic lifestyle. And what do you reach for when you're sad, when you're pissed off, when you're fucking sleep deprived? Energy. Anything will do. The more freaking cans you could pop by your desk, the better, right? If you're at work, the more cans of soda you can pop. The more freaking handfuls 
of sucrose you can grab in its simplest form and shove straight down your esophagus, right? Because it'll metabolize in like 10 minutes, the better, right? The more semblant, the more bigger meals you can get in the middle of the day to satiate, satiate that hunger gremlin that's deep within your gut telling you, hey, it's 1.30 and you're finally hungry, right? Because your whole circadian rhythm's been thrown, right? You you go with it. So when the folks, when the coworkers, right, start ordering all manner of, you know, satiable foods to get you going in the middle of the day, man, hey, you're you're down with it. And I and I've told you the story of Crystal, who, um. Man, I've never met anyone that would function so highly on so little sleep repeatedly. I've told you about Crystal, right? I've trained people who regularly get like three, four hours of sleep. They're on that Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci diet and lifestyle where it's rumored that da Vinci got like five hours of sleep and he kept taking naps and didn't really actually power down for the day. and you know, he's perceived to be one of the smartest intellectuals, right? Not just from a creative standpoint, but literally they say his IQ is off the charts. And so is there some correlative, you know, space to this? Maybe. Like, let's think about it. If there's not a lot going on between the ears, you probably all right. You can rock with having two, three hours of sleep every day. Not because it's easier, right? But because maybe your job is kind of like low tech, which, hey, sometimes that's a very enviable position to be in, right? But I also noticed that the people who can't seem to turn off their brain a lot of the time, yo, you guys have a lot of trouble sleeping. A lot of times it's spousal issues, right? And so looking back on why I wanted to talk about this with you guys is like, Here's this article that talks about the foods, and then once again, we're substituting in the idea that specific foods do specific scientific things or metabolic things for us, at the same time completely ignoring the habits behind the foods. It goes right back to the Game Changers, right? The The Game Changers documentary, which I know you guys have all seen by now, hopefully. And it makes me laugh, kind of, because I actually had a guy the other day who was, like, urging me to see the the, 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 the Game Changers. Have you seen that? Yes. Oh, that's a great movie. You got to go watch it. Okay, you clearly didn't hear what I just said. <laughs> and one of the things that the movie mex- messes up on, right, the documentary, is it... It it actually does a better job of talking about food and the eating of it as far as being a vegan and vegetarian as being a, a habit. And it doesn't go into the half-baked, you know, half-assed scientific, you know, call-outs. And what I mean by that is... All nutrition is science. Everything you're putting in your body, it's science. All of it. It can be proven. Why if you eat more X, you get more energy. Okay? Food is energy. 
in the same vein, I could, you know, if you have a mechanical engineer that you know, you can probably sit her down and be like, hey, uh, why did my car run this efficiency with 87? And when I put in 97, it ran this efficiently because it's a mathematical equation. That's why. And food is the same way in a lot of respects. And the problem with our nutrition industry is we want to talk about it only as a science only when it behooves us to do so and the game changers didn't do that i thought it talked more about the habits and it stayed away from making uh overly bombastic claims about how scientifically this is a better way to eat it tried to right i think with the epithelial the muscle epithelial blood flow or whatever the epithelial flow um that i thought that they could have touched on a little more but hey you know what that's old news why are you bringing up old shit right but the truth is at least for me let's not treat nutrition just as a science as it's convenient right this is how they folks end up selling ridiculous diet books no 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 it's always a science the habits however are the the part that people need help with i think by now we're all clear we're all clear that avoiding as much refined sugar is ideal for life, isn't it? I think we're all clear on that. You guys not clear on that? If you're not, you, you, my friends, have are in the witness protection program or some shit, and they bring you, like, you know, they bring you, you order soba noodles, like Henry Hill, and they bring you a fucking Top Ramen. Like, you just don't, that's not your top concern in that case, right? Okay, or unfortunately, I am going to make this point or you live in, you know, a food desert, in which case you have to spend the time to shop internationally. So anyways, you guys, how does food affect us with our sleep? Well, it's the habits. Look, okay, I can I've studied and been with you in the flesh, talking with folks like you and your friends, your family, your moms, your brother, all of you. And I've learned a few things, okay? I've learned that there are direct correlations between the way you eat and the way your lifestyle is governed, almost to a T. And it's very few of us, unless you've been checked by a coach, by someone that's close to you and knows about food, unless you've been checked, you kind of just eat the way your lifestyle is. And I was just talking about this with a man I train, you know, recently, right? I was just talking about this the other day, which is, hey, if you wake up super, super early, your lifestyle and your eating patterns are vastly different than mine. Vastly different, not just you eat breakfast earlier, right? You now have to make the decision whether to eat or not at all. Do you eat all your calories at dinner, right? Or not at all. These are the things that need to happen. And these are the things that these diets don't often talk about. These are the things that they think they glossed over in the article. Now, the guy who wrote the article, and I forget his name. Let me give him a little bit of credit or all the credit because he wrote his article here. Um, it's Anahad O'Connor from the New York Times.com. Right? And this is, of course, called How Foods May Affect Our Sleep. He's a writer, and he's not going to go ahead and know what questions to ask. He's just going to get broad overstrokes. I have been sourced as a nutrition expert for people writing articles, and they do not generally ask you questions looking for the truth. 
Unfortunately, a lot of the writers are going to ask you questions about food that they think their public wants to hear. And if you are contrary to that, shockingly, <laughs> they probably ain't going to ask you too many follow-up questions, right? So, right, like, like for example, um, what do you mean protein timing doesn't really matter? That So you're saying it doesn't matter if you take whey or casein before you go to bed? Wait, wait, wait. I thought, oh, interesting. Okay. Well, thanks for your information. <laughs> bye bye Right? I've been in that situation. And what I'm saying is, without saying there's confirmation bias, because I don't think it's that far, what I do think is, um, when we're talking about the correlation between our eating, the correlation between our sleep, I think oftentimes we're going to ask, we forget to ask, what's the lifestyle like? And the lifestyle is this. The lifestyle is this. When you're so stressed out with your with your lifestyle, or your lifestyle is kind of overbearing and demanding of your free time, you forget to eat a lot of the times, and it's easy, easy to grab anything for energy. That's the bottom line. When you have the type of lifestyle where you're on call frequently, you will never be comfortable with sitting down and having a full meal, a full plate of food, right? A couple of... Uh, chicken drumsticks and a little bit of orzo that ain't your thing right because you can't eat that in the in the ride on the way to the next meeting on the way to the next you know contract negotiation right you need something pocketable something potable that you can take down so you need to go ahead and get that that uh Jamba juice, maybe, right? Get the peanut butter. Get something real, real calorie dense that'll fill you up, make you feel like you're moving. Get those engines revving, right? Get the jet gassed up and ready to go. But the truth is, our habits are the things behind that. And so, you guys will come to me. You'll go to the website, CoachYohanCSCS.com, and you'll figure out what type of habits you have, Right? And how you can fit in a salubrious meal. Once we have the energy flowing in the right direction. And our metabolism metabolism is kind of running. It's idling at a very high level. We feel good. We feel happy. We feel energized. Okay. Those are not biological key terms. <laughs> right. And I don't mean to suggest that colloquialism is the answer, for, you know, or is counter to science or that it is the answer for overanalysis of food nutrition. No, no, no. What I am saying is the way that most people recognize that there is some dysfunction within their eating pattern is that they feel like shit, that you guys might be losing sleep, right? That you are constantly dehydrated. And so, in order for us to recognize, it's called the ABCs, right? It's called antecedent behavior and consequence. And once we notice that consequence, which is the last thing, what we want to do is go back and figure out what the A is and then change the B. That's how it works. So, what we say is you feel bad. You've been losing lots of sleep. So, why have you been doing that? Well, one thing you can do is up the way your body metabolizes energy. Like, for example, right? Crystal, she don't sleep. Crystal is the modern-day Leonardo da Vinci. Crystal is a dental assistant. Crystal will 
constantly forget to sleep. She'll sleep for two hours a night, and then she'll come into the gym. She'll come in, right, clomping her feet into the gym. She'll work out really, really hard, and somehow manage to be on autopilot for a decent amount of her day, but is one of the smartest people I know. And um, hey, if I ask a little bit more about what Crystal has been eating, nine times out of 10, she knows the facts are she went to Noah's Bagels and got herself a bagel on the daily. Maybe some coffee instead of breakfast, right? On the daily. Not just a treat, not just every other day, but it's a regular thing. And that's another thing we do when we lose sleep is we start setting up these this habit. And so once we notice our metabolism is dipping, right? Once we notice we're on autopilot, because guess what? As I've had another lady, right, that I used to train with who used to lose a ton of sleep because she was on call, right? Tina, she would lose all the sleep in the world. She's on call, right? She's got people working in Pakistan, and she's over here. She's losing sleep, right? And I am just remember talking to her like, hey, your brain, my brain, your ours, we... uh neurologically we get our sleep so you're either going to get your sleep at night underneath a comfortable comforter right with the nice pillows and everything next to your dime piece your man your husband whoever you love right spooning huddled up hugged up real tight whatever you're either going to get your sleep then or you're going to get it at another time the brain the mind doesn't just go oh okay we're doing this now no 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 you're going to get your sleep and so Ideally, you kind of want to get it when you're not driving, when you're not working. Yeah. And so it's important for us to remember that these are the habits. One thing we need to do, one thing you guys can do is in the morning, you got to wake up really early. This is the only time I would probably advocate a fast. Try to eat later in the morning. Try to drink something early. Set yourself up so that your metabolism is going, right? And that's where the coffee, one coffee, might come in. Then later you have your full meal when full meals make actual sense. Now, all of these meals should be balanced. All of these meals should have the macro ratio that you have set out for yourself. And in fact, speaking of the article, it then offered that the Mediterranean diet, which is the most balanced way of eating that is somehow <laughs> co-signed as a diet ever right it's it's a diet it's like eat just a little bit of white rice tiny bit of candy little bit of milk lots of protein and some fat it's like that's a diet no motherfucker that's called salubrious living but anyway this article was, the man found a suggestion that this is the way that all of our eating should be in order for us to get the optimum amount of sleep, which I believe is somewhere around seven hours, right? Uh, that's probably more of a genetic thing. So again, you guys, you want to eat like you, like it's the weekend. And the only difference is going to be your workout, which you're going to fuel and you're going to recover for. So remember... When you're picking up that next article, you're trying to figure out what's good. Even when you come and you listen to the show, Heart of a Fighter with me, your coach, right? You're going to stop. You're going to think about, hey, is this person, right? Let's consider that it's not me. Let's pretend that. Portend that. Uh, 
if it's someone else and they're telling you what to eat, why don't we stop and think a little bit deeper? Why are we learning about just the foods that we need to eat? Is this an effort to mm, kind of reinforce some half-baked pseudoscience, some half-science, right? Why aren't we talking about the habits? And I want you guys to talk about the habits. Hopefully, at that point, you can find your way into some better sleep. And hopefully, if you need even more assistance, you want to hear more stories about people that have done it big, like you are going to. I know it. You can go to CoachJohanCSCS.com. Don't forget to reach down and give me them four stars. The five-star rating on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, gets you an invitation to the crew at CoachJohanCSCS.com. Go to Heart of a Fighter. Join the show and ask me a question. And I hope you guys have a phenomenal week. We're near the end of 2020. So let's make it look good. Until then, stay up.